to Once I Watched Disney, a series on Disflix and Tidbits where, well, things will get a little bit cringy. For the whole month of October, a guest and I will be watching a movie from a list of Disney movies that are either highly criticized, forgotten, ignored, been put on a worst Disney movie ever list, or even nightmare-inducing. Something I'm calling Cringe Watching October. We are going to watch these movies and give our own opinions on why we think these movies may have gotten a bad rap. Some of these movies, the guest and I may have never seen before, so we're all in for a real treat. For this episode, I have another return guest from the YouTube channel and stuff like that, one of the hosts of Disney at a Distance on the Diz Twits Network, and a really good friend, Benson. Welcome back. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh man, listener, if you have not been here for the entire time, Benson has been the first guest to ever appear on Disflix and Tidbits. <laughs> That's right. He's back again to watch some cringy movies. I'm all for it. I like I like expanding my horizon. Yeah. So both of us have not watched this movie before. I've watched little bits and pieces of it. And Benson was telling me that he was being talked about it by from a friend of his that it had steampunk and it's really good. <laughs> he, he, this was years ago and I remember him talking about the return to Oz. He's like, Oh, it was really good. I enjoyed it. He was kind of trippy. You know, he's like, I think you should check it out. And like, I was like, okay, sure. I'll watch it eventually. Like it's, it was never on the top of my list to see. I'm not a huge wizard of Oz fan. Like it was okay, but it's not one of those movies. Like I'm going to watch this every year. Cause it's my favorite movie ever, you know? So the, the need, the need to go back and see this, the sequel to this one would you know it just was never never up there and i don't remember yeah. ever hearing about it prior to four or five years ago yeah this one is like the very forgotten or ignored movie of the disney movies because not a lot of people put disney and wizard of oz together and it was never supposed to be together because mgm has wizard of oz and Disney had this, which wasn't supposed to be a sequel, if you can yeah. believe that. That makes sense, because as soon as it started, I was like, why is Dorothy young? <laughs> er. <laughs> like, <laughs> younger, yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't just Dorothy. Like, Aunt Tim was younger, like way younger, you know? Like, it was really, yeah. it was really weird. So before Bambi 2, this was the movie that um, broke records for how long from the first movie to the sequel was. I think it was like 54 years. And then Bambi 2 came out and that was 64 years. So Wow, okay. They, yeah, so I don't know why they made this. Anyway, listener, we're watching Return to Oz. <laughs> 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 if you haven't figured that out. And for those listening who have never seen it, haven't seen it in a long time, or those who don't know what the heck we're talking about, here's the audio for the trailer, so maybe you can get some kind of hint. This summer, Walt Disney Pictures presents a motion picture fantasy adventure beyond your fondest imagination. You'll be transported miraculously back to the enchanted land of Oz, that magical kingdom beloved by young and old for generations. It's just a yellow brick. No, Belina, you don't understand. 
This was the yellow brick road. You share with Dorothy Gale the shock of finding everything mysteriously changed. What's happened to everybody? And you'll delight with her discovery of four wonderful new friends who band together against a wicked queen and the dreaded Gnome King. This is the Oz you haven't seen before. And this is the Oz you'll want to visit again and again. From Walt Disney Pictures comes a whole new world of entertainment. Why don't we just fly back to Kansas? Return to Oz. So... <laughs> This um this is a very very strange movie as we were talking before. It's Dorothy's a lot younger. She looks eight, and I don't know how old she was supposed to be in the movie, right? Because she was played by a teenager. Is that she? She plays by she's played by young Vicky Valancourt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Dorothy is played by Feruza Balk, who played Vicky Valancourt in, in um. Waterboy. She yep. was in the craft and mm-hmm. I totally yeah. saw that when the first five seconds is long. I'm like, is that Vicky? That's Vicky Vicky Valancourt. I was like, hey, this is Vicky Valancourt before she met Bobby Boucher. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this this film is so dark, like from the very beginning. It is. Like <laughs> When she okay, some of the artistic changes they made were cool, but when she started talking about why the Tin Man was a Tin Man, and I was yeah. like, I don't remember that in the first movie. Is this in the book? <laughs> I think it's all in the book. I think that the book is a lot darker than what we got with Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz is just like fantasy and let's play with color because we finally got Technicolor and it's like lighthearted and everything. But I think the book was dark, completely dark because I think that that, um, Tin Man story is true, but I did not look it up, so. Okay, so my favorite Wizard of Oz story spinoff or whatever, Sci-Fi a few years back did a show called The Tin Man. Did you ever see that? No. I heard about okay, it. Okay, it's a three-part miniseries, and Tin Man, they were called Tin Men, Tin Man because they were, like, the sheriffs of Oz, and they carried tin badges. So mm. if, you've, if you've never seen it, I know you can buy it. I want to I wanna buy it. It's like a three-part, it was a three-part miniseries, and I think Sci-Fi is the one that did it, but it's called Tin Man, and it's... Um, so good like i i would have to say if, if i had to pick a wizard of oz style-esque movie that one would be good it had the girl have you ever seen the movie the new girl they're not in the movie the tv show the new girl oh, yeah yeah definitely um she oh. if i'm not not mistaken i know what you're talking about i tried to watch it on netflix a few years back i think it was on um on netflix but Zoe Deschanel. Yeah, she I believe played. Yeah, she played Dorothy, and the. I mean, I'm probably partial to this one because Tin Man wore a cool hat, but that's besides the point, really. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was neat how that one went 
so having seen both of those before I ever saw the return to Oz, like watching this movie, I was just like, I don't know what I'm watching anymore. Yeah. It, it's like, so how wizard of Oz ends is um, Dorothy. Like we get the sense that it was all in Dorothy's imagination because all the characters from Oz look exactly like her family members. Mm-hmm. So it, it's kind of open-ended in this one it kind of delves into the it's all in her imagination and Auntie M is like looking down on her and she thinks she's crazy. I'm like, holy crap. Like she looks eight years old and this grown woman who took this girl in is like looking down on this girl because nothing is going right and blaming this girl why like the house is not getting made and all this stuff and goes sends her to a mental ward to go get um, like, like uh, electrocuted. I don't know the, the basically term. electro electroshock therapy. Like yes. as it was just being created. Oh my gosh! I was like, what am I watching at this point? <laughs> so it was a little weird because, like, at the end of the original Wizard of Oz, the, the house wasn't destroyed. The farm barely looked like it had been wrecked. Everybody was fine. And then this one picks up like the house is destroyed. They're all, they're about to lose the farm and all this other crazy stuff. It's like all this colorful, like black and white to color world. And then this is like uh, Sienna Brown and disgusting and everything's destroyed. And even Oz is destroyed when she goes back. And and when you start to think, like you start to believe Auntie M because now she's seen ghosts in the yeah. mental ward. She sees this ghost girl that kind of helps her escape from the mental ward yeah and they both like get swept away into the river i'm like oh she dead so yeah. this like this whole return to oz thing is gonna be her her death vision <laughs> that's what i was thinking <laughs> i'm like oh no she's dead yeah then- it, it, this movie takes such a drastic turn from the original that I would call this not the return of Oz, but the Oz's third cousin who's all jacked up on about four bottles of whiskey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Like LSD somewhere in yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> sitting in a bar somewhere talking about his three ex-wives. <laughs> this is just, it's dark. It's, it's so dark, and it's so goofy, and it's so twisted. Like, as soon as she gets into Oz, like, somehow a, her pet chicken from the farm appears with her and starts talking. <laughs> hey, Belina was, Belina was one of the coolest characters in this movie. She was. She was really well done for an animatronic, but that yeah. like, was out of left field. Like, yeah. why Belina did the, the chicken show? Chicken. Well, it's so, okay. So <laughs> when she's talking about the, so like the, when we talk about how dark this movie is, so basically the way the Tin Man works is he was given a magical axe and he basically ch- chopped off his arm and got a tin arm in its place. And then he kept going. And so basically he chopped all his body parts off and they all got replaced by tin stuff. But I feel like there's a certain point when you chop something off, you're going to die. Like, yeah. Okay. But then when they get back into Oz, it's not like this pretty place. They're in this desert, and it's called the Desert of Death. And if you touch the sand, you die. Mm-hmm. And she just so happens to crash among a pep, a walking path of stones to get out of the Death Desert. <laughs> just like, 
what? <laughs> don't understand what's going on at know. all. Yeah. And apparently this desert surrounds all of Oz. And don't get me wrong, like, I've seen... I did see the one that... Uh, what was the one where they did the, like, the story of the wizard? Oh, like, that one. It's like a prequel to Wizard yeah. of Oz. The was wonderful a, something of Oz or something like that. Was there a death desert in that one? I don't remember that. No, I think it all took place in the land of Oz, which yeah. that confused me even more because if that was a prequel and that was the wizard's prequel, basically, I don't remember that film that well. It was like, it was all about Alphaba's sister. Is that right? What was about how the Wicked Witch became the Wicked Witch? It isn't there is origin story called wicked based I don't off remember. of that <laughs> I, I don't know how wicked what? shows up in all of this <laughs> let's see because i don't know i've never seen wicked i do want to see it i've heard it's amazing um but so wicked is a broadway musical it's based on the novel the life and times of the wicked witch uh the lifetimes of the wicked witch of the west it's told from the perspective of the witches of the land of Oz. Uh, it begins before and continues after Dorothy arrives in Oz from Kansas. But it's based off of the good witch and Elphaba, who is, is she like the witch that got landed on then? Uh, the, I thought the good witch was the witch of the north. Yeah, it's the good witch and the, like, when... Dorothy comes into Oz for the first time. She lands on a witch, and that's how she gets the ruby slippers. That witch is who I'm talking about. Yeah, so this one, I guess, this no, this one centers around Elphaba. Uh, Elphaba, yeah. Elphaba, the misunderstood, smart, fiery girl of emerald green skin who grows up to become the notorious Wicked Witch of the West, and Galinda, who's the good witch, Who's mm -hmm. the popular blonde who grows up to be Glinda, the Good Witch of the South? The story is divided into blah blah. blah. Um, okay, and so I'm looking at the Oz Great and Powerful, and it's about the witches Theodora, Eleanora, yeah. and Glinda. So I think, even though it says it's based off of the same books, something <laughs> took a left turn. With yeah, the Oz and I the see great the way though. The way I took it, or I understood the movie, was that that was how the that was how the Wicked Witch of the West came about was because the the wizard betrayed her or whatever. Yeah, which seems weird. Anyways, but whatever. I don't know. There's a lot of pieces and puzzles to this Wizard of Oz stuff, and you wonder like which is true at this point. <laughs> but well, and I think that's where that whole thing like. You know, when, when people lose the rights and the ownership to stories and then people can just go out and make whatever story they want. That was one of the biggest problems with, like, the Star Wars universe was, like, after the Star Wars movies came out, you know, Lucas didn't rein in and tell people they couldn't do, you know, they couldn't write stories. And so there's all these, like, random stories that are written by a hundred different authors. And that's what happened with a lot of the Star Wars stories you know as they go in like these left fields like before disney even bought star wars there was canon and non-canon but i think it was called like legends and 
um, just regular Star Wars movies. So, and I think that's what's kind of happened with the Wizard of Oz too. You've got the original Wizard of Oz, and the whoever wrote that was like, "No, this is perfectly fine. I only need one story. Boom, here it is." And then you know, it becomes free press, and so now people are like, "I'm yeah. going to write this story, and this is what happened. And what if, what if Dorothy was actually a frog?" Yeah. You know, and, just and that, that first one by MGM, do. they even took liberties because they had Technicolor, where Dorothy's slippers were silver. But they made them ruby because they're like, we want to show our color off. And then I was reading about yeah. Return of Oz where they brought back the ruby slippers, even though they were trying to go um, straight from the book. They had to pay royalties to MGM right. just to use those slippers. And those are the only things that are like the same from the first film to this one. And that makes sense. And why, you know, and also why like the, the artistic design was a lot different like the way scarecrow looks and the way the tin man looks and i did really enjoy the cowardly lion yeah. actually being a lion and not like a half man half lion thing yeah, I... however he he did have a little bit of uh a little bit of an osh and a little is it osh land was that in was the was that the, in the wardrobe yeah, yeah. Is that the lion? yeah he had a little, a little Ashland feel to him. So this this so. film is actually PG, if you can believe that. But this was made in 1985. Yeah, because I mean, there's not, there's no real like the fighting is comedic, you know, and the only the only real fighting you see is between the robot and the wheelers. Yeah. And I mean, other than it's like dark undertones, and to be honest with you, it's even though it's got dark undertones, it's not. It wasn't a scary movie. That's true. Like I guess ratings back then were still kind of lax. Like if there was blood, it'd probably go up one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was no blood. It was just like if I was younger, I would have nightmares. I probably still would have nightmares <laughs> after watching this. Honestly. <laughs> Well, and I think I think that's what keeps it from getting a G rating because I mean, there's no language in it, and I mean, in this day and age, that movie would have passed it a G rating. To be quite honest with you, this day and age, because there's no cussing, there's no violence, there's nothing in it. Whereas, like back then, it it, it hit PG because basically Disney was like, "Please, as a parent, watch this first because know your kid because this could give them nightmares." Yeah, you know. So, like the Wheelers. The, the first enemy that we oh come god. across were freaking insane looking. I was like, oh my god, I can't believe this until they like lifted their head up because they had like a back plate on their head with a face on it. I was like, is that what they look like? <laughs> yeah, I think that was supposed to be their helmets. Yeah. But But then they looked up. <laughs> that's and not even the here. weirdest part. But that's not even the weirdest part of the wheelers. It's it's the wheel hand feet things. <laughs> no, it's later in the thing when the girl's got him attached to the sled and she's beating him with a whip so they'll carry her places. Mm. I was like, what am I watching right now? This is some weird, like, this movie just went BDSM on me or something. I don't know what's going on anymore. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> so... That was the part that made me uncomfortable. <laughs> the whole Princess Momby part was the whole thing that got me freaked out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the the heads and things. Oh, yeah, where she switched her heads, and then they all started screaming when she woke up. What do you think? 
I think you're very beautiful. I should hope so. I was like, oh, is she a robot? Oh, nope, she's real. She's just a witch that can swap her heads, apparently. <laughs> oh, man. And then the the deer thing they built. Was like, what was his name? Like Mumps or something? <laughs> Gump? Gump. I think it was yeah. I think it was the gump. It was a, it's a green gump. It was a green moose head attached to sofas and they made him like come alive with the powder she stole like oh that poor creature. Well they gave him wings, but his wings were fake tree fawn like fronds or whatever, like off a fake tree. I was like, okay, come on guys. I can stretch the imagination a little bit, but there's no way you're you're flying two sofas tied together with some curtain string and the moose head and all you got is these twigs with some green leaves on it like uh, I, I love using my imagination but this is a little much yeah, and it, it just like if you notice like all her new friends were kind of like the same old friends that she had like, mm -hmm. yeah like we also had Jack Pumpkinhead which is this the origin story of Jack the Pumpkin King? <laughs> <laughs> That's what Jordan happened to come in while we were watching. And he's like, who's that? And I'm like, it's Jack. He's like, Jack the Pumpkin King. And I was like, no, his name is Pumpkinhead, sir. <laughs> he's not that guy. But I definitely like looking at him and seeing him walk. Definitely. That's where the idea that, uh, what's his name had for Jack. Like that's where he got that original idea. I guarantee 100% Tim Burton got his idea for the, for Jack Skellington from Jack Pumpkinhead. Oh, I bet because I, Burton is like into that stuff. I bet he watched this. <laughs> yeah, he totally watched that as a kid and that's where he got that idea. Yeah. He was just like, he creeps me out in the beginning because he kept calling Dorothy mom and that weirded me uh, out a little bit and you understand why at the end why he called her mom, but still it's just like, it's still creepy and it, it kind of annoyed me. And then we have TikTok, the, the obese wind-up robot thing. I don't know what he was supposed to be like other, but he exhausted he's the, me. He's, <laughs> he's, he's the army of Oz. It was their army. Really? Just that one guy? Yeah. That you that, that's a best. Yeah. Well, and it's so funny because Dorothy would be great at cinema sins when she's all like, wow, you know, you'd think they'd, they'd have made these wind-up things where you could reach them. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, you think three wind-ups would have just been one wind-up? Because basically, like, he, he didn't live, so he wasn't alive. He was just a robot. So he had one wind-up for his brain, one wind-up for his mouth, and one wind-up for his body, which, you know, it's basically what they call it thinking talking thinking speech and moving around mm -hmm. and it was just like one of them was under his left arm one was under his right arm and one was on his back but his arms were too short to reach either one and they couldn't bend in the right way to get to him so i was like seems seems a little odd that whoever designed him that way yeah but he looked familiar he kind of does like with Jack the skeleton, Jack the pumpkin head guy, like, yeah, we reference him. He looks a lot like, you know, Jack Skellington looks a lot like him. I feel like I've seen TikTok's design or look somewhere else, and I can't can't put my finger on it. I, I didn't get that at all, but 
he, I, just, he, I feel like I've seen him in something else. You're probably right because he he does have that kind of look to him for a robot. Um, there was something that I found out about him that was interesting. Like the, so he's actually real. I was trying to pinpoint how they made him work because he reflects off of everything. Um, the uh, floors like bend under him, so he's really real. Mm-hmm. He. Uh, I think he was played by someone inside of him, but he was upside down, I think I read. It's like standing on his head to make his feet work. It I'm just like, what? <laughs> I didn't know how that worked. These are all real characters from the um second two books from The Wizard of Oz. Um the Marvel's Land of Oz and something else. Yeah, these are real life characters from these books <laughs> which is more frightening to me i think so strange apparently there's a book just called TikTok of oz really yeah oh here we go a gymnast michael sundin stood upside down with legs bent and backwards inside TikTok's body to move the legs that's weird yeah then, like, I thought the Gnome King was, like, the star of the show. He was kind of my favorite, probably because of the claymation part of him. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was an interesting little take on it. And, like, it was kind of weird how he got his powers. Yeah. I didn't pick like, up on that until I read something about it. I didn't understand, like, he was slowly becoming human. Yeah. Well, no, like the like he ended up with the red slippers. Like that was a thing like in the beginning oh. they were like Dorothy wear the red slippers. She's like, "Oh, they must have fallen off on the way back." Like from f- looking at that guy, the gnome king, in the beginning he was just a mountain. Like he was as a much a part of the mountain as anything else. Because like if you notice until the very end, like the gnomes didn't really like come off the mountain they just the rocks had eyes mm-hmm. which was weird um so it's strange to me like how he got their slippers on his feet because it didn't seem like he had feet to begin with yeah but. how he used that but i was talking about how um not only the power from the ruby slippers the reason why he was turning human is like the less people that knew about oz that he got rid of the more yeah. human he could be and i didn't realize that until i had to look it up well, Kristen asked me, she's like, is he becoming more human every time one of them turns to an ornament? And I was like, yeah, that's what it looks like. So I just assume, I assume that he was basically every time one of them got turned into an ornament, he was absorbing the magic that created them. Yeah. But. He kind of, um, I was kind of weirded out by his fear of chicken, chickens, like of Bellina. <laughs> oh my word. Yeah. I didn't get that either. Like, why is this chicken... Why is it such a big deal? And then the mountain is allergic to chicken eggs. They're poison to gnomes. Oh gosh, that was ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and it was such a. It was so just dumb. It was, it was like so a dumb. cop out. It was a cop out. Yeah, like they didn't know how like, to defeat him because he's all powerful, and then all of a sudden a sh- chicken just poops an egg in his mouth, and he's dead. <laughs> yeah, and like he'd have won, like flat out he'd have won because. 
there was nothing standing in his way to not beat them. Like even if she had, even if she had found TikTok prior, and you know the the Gnome King would have still won. He was still more powerful than they were. So whoever wrote this story knew that the chicken egg was how they were going to defeat the Gnome King because that's why they kept hinting at the chicken being illegal in Oz or whatever. But it it, it was the easiest. <laughs> garbage way to defeat this very very powerful being mm -hmm. um and it's it's strange that it wasn't until after he got the slippers that he had all this power because it seemed like he had all the power without the slippers too but maybe yeah. he was just confined to the mountain I don't know, but I, I guess it kind of makes sense, and it's like similar to the original Wizard of Oz because the the witch died from water, the yeah. most harmless thing ever, <laughs> sort of, and then yeah. he just dies of an egg. Oh, I don't know. And then yep. it, and then everybody comes back to life again because she wished for it on her slippers and then they find Ozma who was just a ghost in the beginning and just appears at the end yeah you get a couple glimpses of her throughout the movie like as this shade in the mirror so yeah I don't know why they trapped her in the mirror and just that's the whole thing with like villains like if you're gonna take something over why are you keeping the original like queen or king alive like just kill them like, yeah, I don't, right. I don't understand. I don't understand how you guys expect to survive. The whole deal with it too is like uh, Princess Mombi only kept her secret as long as she got more heads. As creepy as that sounds. <laughs> yeah, she wanted more power from the Gnome King. So I guess maybe she had the. I guess the like, Mombi Mombi. She was around prior to the original Wizard Oz and had captured, uh, Ozma before Dorothy even showed up. So I don't know where she was in the last movie. But when the Gnome King found out she had Ozma, like he gave her power in order to keep the secret. But I'm like, why didn't you just kill Ozma and Mom and Mombi and be done with it? And then yeah. you'd be perfectly fine. Because she knows Oz. She's like the princess of Oz. Like wouldn't you have more power if you killed her first, you know? Yeah. Turn her into an ornament. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, it. This was a very strange movie. It was very nightmare-inducing, like I said in the beginning, <laughs> for me anyway. <laughs> yeah, what did you think? It won't be nightmares. I'll have weird dreams for sure, but uh, it, no nightmares. Did you think overall? Do you think like is this rewatchable? Oh no, God no! I'll never watch this again. And it seems like they made a few versions of it because I guess there was a Tom and Jerry back to Oz where like Tom and Jerry go back to Oz and the Gnome King was in that as well. Oh, okay. So, because I was looking at who played this one and it's played by a guy named Nicole Williamson, but Jason Alexander plays it in the Tom and Jerry version. Oh. And he's not in the Tom and Jerry version. He's, he doesn't look like a like a rock he looks like what i would consider a gnome to be oh yeah which they also in most like fantasy gnome is spelled with a silent g at the beginning and they didn't they just spelled it n-o-m-e for this movie yeah which i was very confused about so i thought gnome was just his name but it's it's a people 
I guess. Well, I think he just didn't have a name. He was the Gnome King, and they I think it just made it easier than giving him a name, you know, writing a script and stuff like that. It's, you know, you have the Gnome King and then his gnomes, and it's just easier not to give him an actual name uh, to keep track of, I think. Mm. Okay. So it, it also felt like Mumby Mom, uh, should have been a bit more harder to handle villain, and they just made her... <sighs> Almost like the idiot lackey. Yeah. Like, I thought she was going to be the big bad. Yeah. For, like, the longest time, because she seems, like, the most powerful. But she was kind of defeated very quickly, too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she actually seemed evil. She had an evil presence, whereas the Gnome King, at first, I'm like, is this, like, Santa Claus who's trapped in a mountain? What's going on here? Yeah, because he was really nice, and he, like, gave Dorothy a lot of chances. Mm-hmm. I was really weird by his, like, change in attitude, like, towards the end. I'm yeah. Because like, she started crying, and he's, like, consoling her. He's like, you know what? I'll give you another chance. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, then he did offer him boiling silver and limestone pies as refreshments. Yeah. He has to still keep that evil persona there. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to be nice to you, but here's stuff that will kill you. (laughs) (laughs) Now, it's definitely not a movie I will ever watch again, just because, again, I'm not the biggest Wizard of Oz fan. Mm. I'm sure there are plenty out there, but for me, this movie was just not good at all. Yeah. This this was just weird. It was a weird departure from the first one, and it, it kind of seemed like a disjointed sequel. Yeah. Looking at some reviews, a lot of people are praising it because it's very close to the um, books. So that's... And if it is, like, if, if that's the case, then that's awesome, and I'm happy that they made this, you know, and they kept it close to the books. It's just not... I, I, even if, even as a book, I wouldn't have read this. Like, it just doesn't... The Wizard of Oz story doesn't interest me whatsoever. So even if... Even in that sense, I definitely wouldn't call it a prequel. I would call it its own standalone movie. Yeah. You know, I think they were... I think Disney relied on The Wizard of Oz and how well it did for this, for this movie to sell better than it did. And so they were like, Oh, you know, we'll stick it as close to the book as we can and we'll make it. And then when people saw it back then, they were like, this isn't the wizard of Oz. We hate this. Yeah. You know? And that's probably what happened. Cause looking at the box office numbers, like their budget was 25 million, like, Whoa. in 85. That's kind of crazy. But yeah. I can see why, because of TikTok, um, the elaborate sets, um, I heard the ruby slippers were expensive to make, I guess. <laughs> well, and then you had to get the license on them, too. Yeah. And then um, the green screens you saw, which was probably, like, not used very much back then either. So that probably cost pretty penny. Yeah. So domestically and worldwide, it only made $11.1 million. So it Ouch. bombed. It bombed big time. Oh, they lost a lot of money. That's a lot of money to lose in 1985. Yeah. That's why Horizons never got fixed. Ooh. <laughs> I don't even I don't I don't even know when Horizons was built, y'all. I'm I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's the actual truth. I'm just, you know. Something got to give at that point. <laughs> Let me see. Hang on. Hang on. I want to see if my joke actually has some truth to it. Let's see. 
Opening day was 1983. Oh, it could have so been. This came out. Yes, I, I found out. <laughs> I figured out why Horizons had to die, y'all. This is why I'll never get to experience Horizons was because Return of the Oz <laughs> bombed and, and Disney, lo Disney lost $14 million. Oh, no. Oh, that's so bad. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh... I mean, Vicky Valancourt made a good career afterwards, but I'm just yeah. saying. <laughs> you heard it here like, first. We found the connection, people. Yeah, that's why Horizons died, y'all, is because uh, Return of the King, or not Return of the King. <laughs> <laughs> Return to Oz died. Oh, died. no. Yeah, so let's hear what the critics had to say about this. You and I have not heard of this movie like before I don't know five years ago so Rotten Tomatoes critic score was 52% not good the audience score was 71% which is interesting to me IMDB had a 6.7 out of 10 and Metacritic had 42% so there is a cult I mean, following <laughs> apparently and I 100% get that if I loved TikTok I think he was great. I know you didn't care for him. I thought TikTok was great. I thought it was a cool design. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was a cool little character for them to have in the movie. Gump was weird, but only because I want an action figure. <laughs> <laughs> and then again, Jack Pumpkinhead, a.k.a. Tim Burton, will steal that idea and make it to Jack the Pumpkin King later in the, later in the timeline. I, I get why this has an occult following because to be honest with you, you know, for the for it to have come out in 1985, I wish I had seen. Oh, I'd only been like a year old. If I, I wish I had seen it early in my childhood because I think I probably would have enjoyed it more. Because comparing like this movie to other movies that came out in that time frame, I think the graphics were pretty good. Like the CGI yeah. was pretty good at it, and it you holds know, the up. It holds up even till this. Like I was trying to figure out the chicken. I was trying to figure out TikTok. I was trying to figure out a lot of the things that were happening and I couldn't figure it out. Like, but yeah, it, it holds up. Yeah. The, um, how they did everything. This movie really relies on you being a book fan. Yes. Cause I feel like very... I've been left out because I don't know half of the things she was talking about. Yeah. And it almost made me want to go. I mean, it almost makes me want to go get the books to see if they are as dark as this book. Maybe, maybe if I can find them on sale on audio or something, I'll pick them up and listen to them. Mm hmm. You know, but I, I get why this has an occult following to it. So it it makes sense. Yeah, I get that. Um, a lot of people like I went on Twitter and said, hey, I'm going to watch this. What did you think of it? Like half of the people were like on my side where it's like, um, yeah, I'm going to have nightmares tonight. And the other half is like, I love this as a child. And this was one of my favorites. Yeah. I'm like, whoa. But there was no one in between saying, hey, I did not like this movie. Don't bring it up again but probably a lot of people won't admit that. <laughs> <laughs> the only person that responded to my tweet said, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, we found that one person. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, I will say, having having this come to me and seeing it now, based on my knowledge of the guy who recommended it to me, I get why he enjoys this movie, because he's a weird cat, too. So I get why a movie like this is right up his alley. He loves the weird, you know, the weird stuff, so... And I gotta say, 
that little girl can a pretty good job acting. Oh yeah, she did great. Like the the acting wasn't she, bad at all. It was just creepy and didn't know where it was going. Yeah. <laughs> um. So if you had to give like your top three favorite things about this movie, what would you do? What would you give? Uh, definitely TikTok. I really enjoyed the concept of that character. Hmm. The Gnome King was cool. Mm-hmm. Like his whole little gnome army thing was kind of cool. Like how he was able to extend his reach and view things. Uh, and definitely Belina. <laughs> once she could once she could talk. Yeah. Because she was useless in the real world. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't even lay eggs. <laughs> useless chicken. She's going to be in dinner. Um, so my top three, number three was I appreciated Princess Mumby's, uh plot story thing with her mm-hmm. um, removing her head and her collecting her heads and how she was evil. Um, number two would be, even though I did not like him calling Dorothy mom, Jack Pumpin- Pumpkinhead was pretty funny. He made me smile <laughs> in a world of confusion <laughs> of this movie. Um, and then number one has got to be the Gnome King and his army, how they did that. I love Claymation. I'm a big fan of it. And like his second in command, how he was like on the rocks. I'm like in love with that style of animation and how he could emote from just like little pixels basically on the wall. But yeah, those were my favorite. I think I would have enjoyed the Princess Mombi story a lot more if I had felt like the head switching had a purpose. Yeah. And I'm sure there I'm sure there is, but it just seemed like and I guess that's what makes her a good villain was it seemed like the head switching was just something she did on a whim. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's maybe that's what makes it makes her so evil or that was their attempt to make her evil. She's like, oh, she likes to switch heads just because she can. Um, but I don't know, I would have liked to have seen that be like a a better story like a reason for it yeah yeah and so what would you be your top three things that you did not like about this film um the fact that dorothy went back in a like everything seemed to go back in age like that to me was just it was weird for it to take such a drastic age gap difference from the original Mm -hmm. and i mean i'm sure maybe in the book she's younger so looking at some of the artwork for the books i would say she's probably meant to be younger and the you know in the very first one had it wrong to begin with um i did not like the wheelers like it was just they were weird it was a weird i know you're trying to go for like crazy shock value but i thought they were just such a it was such a just a such a dumb henchman thing uh and then and then the the egg thing yeah how they defeated the gnome king just seems like with all that power he'd have figured out how to protect himself from an egg yolk yeah 
I feel you on that one. Like, uh, so my number three, like the um, Auntie M's, like, uh, how she felt towards Dorothy in the beginning. She just like gave up on the child that she was going to send her to the mental ward. And I know that's what happened back in the day, but it's just like she put all her blame on the child rather than her husband, who uh, like nobody should be at fault at over over a tornado it's yeah. just she put all the blame on a small child and sent her to a mental ward which is just weird and like how she felt towards dorothy when she could have been more empathetic but i understand like what they were trying to do it's just i did not like that and it was a weird start to the story um the second one is the ending overall with ozma just appearing like i know she was appearing throughout the film but it's just like hey, this is like a Dorothy clone. Yay, we're saved, you know? Yeah. And then number one is the egg because it just seems silly and out there. <laughs> it's just like he just eats an egg and he dies. Yeah. Like, 100%. 100%. <laughs> it's so dumb. Is it cringeworthy? I don't think so. It's just weird and without any context, you don't know what you're getting yourself into. It falls into a very specific taste in movies. Mm. And I think that's why so many people don't like it. I get it. I understand why you don't like it. But in the same sense, I get why it's kind of got that cult following. Yeah. I feel like there's something special about the books. But if you do not read the books, you are being left out completely, I think. I will say this. These books were written in like... 1907 or something 1907 this guy l frank Baum, was on some serious drugs yeah um and uh yeah i'm not sure why he wasn't burned at the stake as a witch to be honest with you because <laughs> <laughs> if these movies are anything like the books there's some religious people out there that probably were thinking about putting him on a stake somewhere. Probably. So. If if Return to <laughs> Oz was anything like the books, yeah, I'd be frightened. <laughs> yeah. He's definitely the Tim Burton of the age. He's nineteen. He's nineteen oh seven's Tim Burton. Have a Tim Burton. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we didn't care for it, but we understand why there's a cult following, why people do like it. So, listener out there, if you do like this film, tell us why you like it. What's your favorite parts? What's your least favorite parts? Did you watch this as a young kid? Did you have nightmares? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Please let us know. Um, My Twitter handle is at DisflixTidbit. And Benson over here has at Benson Kalor. He also has a YouTube channel called And Stuff Like That. Anything else you would like to plug out there to the world? Uh, no, not really. You've got it all. All right. <laughs> of course, everything <laughs> is in the show notes down below for you guys to check out after this episode. Um, if you do have any comments for this film, I will try to get that comment out into the next episode. Um, so we'd love to hear what you all think about these movies that we're watching because i understand not all of us will like the same thing not all of us will hate the same thing so i just like to know from a different perspective yep 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 i did get a few comments on the last film the haunted mansion from episode one 
A good buddy, Mark Andrews, at Arabtastic on Twitter, had mentioned to both Zach and I that he really loves this movie. Eric Neal responded to my story on Instagram saying he really loves it too, and I asked him what he loves most about it, and he answered, I quote, I love that Disney did not let up on the creepy elements, but rather balanced it out with Eddie Murphy's humor. The mausoleum scene was really dark, but I think the whole story worked well. The cast was great, and the set was amazing, and I think it was a great adaptation to the ride. Also, Jen and Mark responded to me on Instagram, and they said, It isn't the best. It is always interesting what other people think about these movies. That's why I wanted to do this series for the whole month of October, because there are always varying opinions. Zach and I aren't fans of The Haunted Mansion, but there are many out there that do love it. And if you still want to give us your opinion on the Haunted Mansion movie, you can still send one in on a future episode for me to shout out on a future episode. You can email me at disflexandtibbets at gmail.com if you prefer the old-fashioned email way. You can DM or at me at disflexandtibbets without the S on the end on Twitter or message me at disflexandtibbets with the S on Instagram. You have been listening to Disflix and Tibbets, and I am your one and only host, Cassie. Don't forget, we aren't just watching movies, we are making memories, no matter how cringy they are. His brains ran down! Oh, oh. If his brains ran down, how could he talk? It happens to people all the time, Jack.